G'day and welcome to Partake. Today I want to talk about the Christian disciple and the cross. Jesus said in Mark 10 verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Not only without Jesus' death on the cross would there be no Christianity, but also there would be no hope for the world. The interpretation that we place on Jesus' death is paramount. That he died is without doubt, but why did he have to die, and what gain do we have as his disciples? Firstly, the situation and God's character. By his very nature, God is loving and compassionate, forgiving, faithful, and slow to anger. Exodus 34 tells us this. That is the part, if we are honest, we are most comfortable with. Yet God is holy, righteous, and just, and must punish sin because of this very same nature. That is the part we as 21st century people are most uncomfortable with. We love to think of God as being all love and gentleness and kindness, but don't like to think of him as angry, and certainly not as a judge who must punish sin. But remember also that God loves righteousness and hates wickedness. Therefore sin must be dealt with and it cannot simply be ignored. God is set apart from humanity and is holy and if he wasn't, he could not and should not be worshipped. So how can God both be just and the justifier of sinners? He does this by declaring sinners righteous. But why does he do this? And where do humans fit into the picture? Sin is what separates humans from God and as a consequence leads to both a spiritual and physical death. Romans 6.23, Isaiah 59.2 Nobody escapes as all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Romans 3.23 In the Old Testament, sins were dealt with by blood sacrifices of atonement as coverings for sin. Leviticus 17 For without the shedding of blood there can be no remission of sin Hebrews 9.22 A blood sacrifice is God's way of dealing with sin These blood sacrifices of the Old Testament signified several things It provided a covering for sin It showed the great cost of sin It was an exchange or substitutionary act it was always only going to be a temporary measure as it points forward to Jesus' death. And that's the solution. The solution lies not in continual animal sacrifice of the Old Testament because Hebrews 10 verse 4 reminds us that the blood of animals cannot take away sin but was only a veneer or a covering. That was why it was necessary to repeat time and time again. It is only through the death of Jesus that sin is taken away. Hebrews chapter 9. And that was only needed once. Therefore Jesus is the permanent sacrificial substitute. So he was a substitute. Jesus died for our sin, the just for the unjust. 1 Peter 3 verse 18. That is how God is both just and the justifier of sinners. That is why Jesus needed to be both fully God and fully human. If he lacked either, it would not be the full substitutionary sacrifice 
that was necessary to bear the permanent consequences of sin. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5 verses 6 to 8, willingly giving his life as a ransom for many, Mark 10 verse 45, and when he died in our place on the cross, he bore the consequences of all sin, past, present and future. This substitution was the sacrifice, or sin offering, required in order that Jesus, as the very Lamb of God, could take away the sins of the world. John 1 verse 29 He therefore became sin for us, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, and it was his blood, as a lamb without spot or blemish, 1 Peter 1, that fulfills God's requirements permanently. He was the propitiation for all sin. But what is this strange word, propitiation? Well, we must remember that with sin, God is angry. Psalm 7 verse 11 Towards sin and sinful behaviour, he has great fury, anger and wrath, Jeremiah tells us. But Hebrews chapter 10 reminds us it is dreadful to fall into the hands of the living God. Yet as Micah 7 says, he is slow to anger and quick to forgive. Propitiation basically means the turning aside of God's anger by the offering of Christ's sacrifice. God's anger and judgment of sin falls on Christ instead of us. But we need to approach God ourselves in order to appease his anger and in order to accept it. Romans 3.25, Isaiah 53.5 and John chapter 2 and chapter 5. Romans 3 verse 25 to 26 says, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement, as the one who would turn aside his wrath, turning away sin through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. 1 John 2 verse 2 said he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins speaking of Jesus and not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world and later on in 1 John 4 this is real love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice or propitiation to take away our sins to some people even some in the church this is abhorrent. The very thought that God could willingly send his son to be a blood sacrifice for sin is tantamount to abuse, some say. However, God's requirements are very clear. John 3.16 says it all in response to this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If there was any other way, would not God have done it that way? And not only was it propitiation, but it was also an act of redemption. In the time of the New Testament, this word was used to refer to the buying back of a slave, the price paid to buy the slave's freedom. God paid redemption so that humans can be freed from the slavery to sin. John 8.35, Romans 7 verse 14 The price was paid, 1 Peter 1 and so we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ 1 Corinthians 6.19.20 
as Christian disciples we are bought at a price and we have a new position before God we are bought out of slavery to sin into glorious freedom where we are now slaves to righteousness Romans 6.19 and slaves to Christ Romans 6.22 we are Jesus Christ's personal possession 1 Corinthians 16.19 if we are his disciples but it is our responsibility to choose that way God does not coerce forcefully he leaves it as a choice for humans to make as individuals and what is our response to this to be? Sacrifice, substitution, propitiation and redemption can be summed up in one word, love. For 1 John 3 verse 16 states, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Jesus told us to take up our cross if we are to follow him as his disciple. Luke 9 verse 23 Are you as a Christian disciple willing to take up your cross and do all you can to do to love others? For more to think about please do read John 10 verses 1 to 18. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend so that you can pray over any issues together? Question 1. What parts of my life am I still holding on to that should be handed over? Question 2. What is the best thing I can do in order to be thankful to Jesus for his death? Then question 3. How can I, as his disciple, learn to listen to Jesus' voice speaking to me? As ever, if you have any comments to make on this, please do contact me at partake at hotmail.co.uk I would love to hear from you and if these are making any difference at all to your continual Christian discipleship. Thank you.